Insta Bible podcast. May 22nd, 2020. If you haven't yet, please subscribe in all our channels, iTunes, Periscope, and our Facebook. Please like it. Um, and of course, visit us on the instabibleapp.com or download the Instabible app in the iOS app store. You can download the Instabible in the app store. Today's verse of the day is you, my brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love. Galatians five thirteen. Today's guest is James Chavez. Uh, he's a minister, speaker, musician, husband, and CEO at Nicole Chavez Ministries. James, welcome to the Insta Bible Cast. Thanks, man. I'm really excited to be with you today. So we both met and worked together about eight years ago here in South Florida. And now you're up in Long Island, New York. Tell us, where, what have you been up to these days? Well, certainly not uh, enjoying the crystal clear warm waters of South Florida, that's for sure. Uh, it has been a long, cold winter here in New York, but man, you know, it's been a, a wild ride. You know, we, we were kind of just catching up, you and I, and it, it's been a, a hot minute since we got to hang out. It's been about eight years, I think, but um, going back even further, uh, I uh, was a bank vice president when I asked my wife to marry me. I, it was almost 24 years ago. She said, yes, as long as you promise to never work for a church. That was her answer to my marriage proposal. So from day one, I had to shake and agree that I would never go into ministry because both our dads were pastors. So I, I did my best to keep that promise. And as you know, fast forward several years, God had other plans. He had me leave my banking career and get into ministry. And that's when you and I met. We got to serve at a church for a while together. And my wife and I have served at churches together. And um, the fun thing is I've always kind of been the front guy, a worship pastor, executive pastor, lead pastor, teaching pastor. Um, and my wife has been on staff. She's a great team leader, a great communicator, wise leader in her own right. Uh, but about three years ago, we, we really felt like it was the right time to start a ministry together. And we kind of reversed roles where she's kind of the front person. She's authored uh, two or three books now that have been published. And we have the privilege of having her speak at conferences and churches and different events. And I, I get to run the operations from the back end and do some coaching and different things as well. But uh, that brought us here. There was a church here on Long Island that uh, asked if we would partner and help with some multi-site initiatives, the largest church on Long Island, as a matter of fact, that just keeps growing. And so that's what brought us out of the south up to the, uh, the tundra northeast. Um, so that's been a, a learning experience for us. We had to buy a lot of jackets, to say the least, my friend. Yeah, when I moved to Virginia, um, I had to buy some jackets, long johns. Uh, but then you get used to it, you know, and you start wearing sweaters and things like that. But it's fun because because I think winter weather brings good fashion. I think I think when you're in the summer, you're kind of limited to a t-shirt and shorts. I mean, yeah, you, you can be fashionable, but I think you could do a lot more uh, creativity with the winter or fall um, yes. uh, wear. So. How is the energy up in Long Island versus South Florida? Is it similar, or does New York still has more, uh, 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 way more energy? You know, that's a great question, and there are a lot of, I think, stereotypes that people would associate. My only reference, I'd spent a lot of time in Manhattan, but where we are, we're about 30, 40 minutes east of, of the city. And I pictured, like, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld episodes or Friends. That was my only reference of, like, New York, right, living here. Um, but 
really on Long Island. It's beautiful suburbs. Um, you know, you've got access to the city, but it, it, it is suburban life for the most part. Um, so ironically enough, I, I had to tone it down. I came from South Florida and, you know, I had the South Florida colors and the flamboyant fashion and everybody here wears gray and black. And so I had to really kind of change my wardrobe to fit into the culture. So <laughs> it, it took a little bit, but they've been patient while we figured it out. Yeah, it is uh, uh, almost the capital of fashion. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely right. Um, how is the whole uh, like the whole pandemic? I know that uh, you guys are in the epicenter, but how have you been handling it? Yeah, man, that's that's been crazy, too. Um, just, again, a roller coaster of emotions in terms of, you know, one day thinking, wow, you know, this is kind of crazy. I can't believe we're in the middle of it. You know, people are dying all around us. This is a big deal. I got to I, I gotta be in a little, you know, cellophane bubble, never leave my house. And then the next minute you kind of think, well, life's kind of normal. It goes on. We've, we've had issues before. We'll get past it. Uh, maybe it's not that big a deal, you know. So I, I find myself from day to day really swinging back and forth. Um, but yeah, the lockdowns have been really severe and um, they've been going on for a long time. I mean, the, the funny thing and not to make light of it, but uh, it's really changed the way we eat. Uh, we, we really had to stock up on some good food because we can't we don't have access to all the restaurants and, and great eating that we used to have. So we have the best snack food in my house than I think we've probably ever had. You know, we took the advice and we stocked up on a, a couple weeks worth of food and snacks. So we've got the best snacks that I can remember having like in my adult life. So the, the, that's a good part. And you might say, well, what's the problem with that, James? But the bad part is I'm on a health kick. So I lost 15 pounds, you know, over the last year and a half. I've been eating healthy. I've been staying strong. And I think over the last couple of months, I've powered through as much food as I did the whole months of 2020 leading up to this. So I'm afraid if I keep it up, I'm going to gain it all right back. So I got to be careful. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things uh, where you're limited what uh, what you can eat. And um, I can imagine up there is a little bit uh, more stringent with the restrictions. Um what have you heard about churches starting up there? Is this something I know that that like there's no phase one, I believe, in New York or maybe at certain parts. But uh, you have an idea when your church will start up again or I mean, like, I, I mean, of course, they're doing online, but like in person type of thing. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And uh, really, the governor, if you've seen, has, has made national news and he's really kind of playing it day by day. Um, so really, his philosophy is. Uh, loosen restrictions lightly and then wait and see what results are. So uh, my understanding is um, probably by the end of this week, he's loosening restrictions to allow churches to meet up to 10 people. So gatherings of no larger than 10. Um, so obviously for churches on the island, that really just means maybe like a life group or a small group. You know, it's, it's not really a, a congregation meeting for worship on Sunday. So it's still primarily going to be online. Um, and then you know, we'll, we'll just wait and see if, if in a couple of weeks he changes that or if it's going to be another month. Um, so really, I, I anticipate it's going to be the better part of the year before we really see churches uh, able to worship the way they were. Um, the church that we're at, we're making plans to even figure out ways to have kind of like almost like a comedy club feel once we can meet more than 10 where you've got like high top tables and some chairs and they're all spread out across the, the auditorium. Uh, instead of just rows of chairs. So it doesn't look as weird where you're having to skip rows and chairs and tape them off. So we have the flexibility. We, you know, the chairs can come up. They're not bolted down. So we thought, let's just kind of create a vibe that feels intentional about the way we have to spread out. But yeah, it's certainly uh, forcing some innovation and creativity. Yeah, that's something that, I, that which I've been working, I mean, been thinking about because I work with churches a lot and, you know, especially mega churches. I think 
what's going to happen for the most part of the year. I think they're going to have to just do, you know, small groups in person. I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of churches that have that system uh, already rolled out already, but now they're just going to have to, Hey, you know, if you want to, but, but, but like my question is, will they do it all like uh, via uh, like one morning for Sunday or just spread it out uh, throughout like, like the whole week? I don't know, but I think they're going to, like, like, like the small groups meet, just have some fellowship, you know, 10 people or less or maybe a little bit more. But it should be quite interesting how the whole dynamic, this is very historic. So anyways, I want to pray and then James will take the ship and lead us to our our uh, devotion for this episode. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do and what you're doing already. Lord, touch people's hearts, change their lives. And we pray, Holy Spirit, to speak through James. And I pray that this word will be encouraging to others, touch others, persons that don't know you, Lord, that they will see you and that your light will shine through this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Santiago. Man, well, as I was mentioning before, really the, the pandemic, especially up here in New York, but even across the country, everyone's felt it at some level. Um, it, it, it's really weighing heavy on our minds. And it, it, what it's causing Christians and the church to do is really increase their dependence on God. In a lot of ways, we figured out ways to do church in our own power. You know, we have great programming, great facilities, great staff, and we create this momentum and this machine, and everything just kind of got turned upside down, right? Um, you know, I, I kind of joked about my, my eating. You know, I, I have to make sure that I stay committed to my health plan even during this time when there's less accountability. There's really only my wife wife watching me. <laughs> so, um, but partially surrendering to something isn't going to get me the results I'm looking for. So I, if I partially surrender to my healthy meal plan or a healthier lifestyle, I'm not going to get the results that I completely want if I, you know, if I were to surrender to it, right? No way around it. So I thought a Proverbs 3, uh, you may be familiar with it, three, verses 5 through 10. And here, here's the way I'm going to read it out of the PSV version. Trust in the Lord with some of your understanding, your Lean on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him, and you can make your own path straight. Okay, so that's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 in the PSV version. And you might be wondering, you know, Santiago, you, you got Insta Bible app, you, you, you're a Christian, you've read the Bible. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, you're, you're curious. PSV, I don't know if we have access to that on our Insta app. Well, PSV starts, for, it's partially surrendered version. So you probably don't have that one because that's not a legitimate version of the Bible. <laughs> but I think it's fun because for a lot of Christians, that's the way we live sometimes, right? We we think, okay, I, I will, I'll get a splash of Christianity. I'll give God a little bit of control. Um, that's not the way the verse reads. We know that it's not actually what God's plan is, but a lot of times that's the way we live. I'll give you an hour on Sunday for church if there's nothing else going on or a global pandemic, but I'm not going to give you my Friday and Saturday nights because, you know, that, that's party time and I want my time, right? Or I'll give you some quiet time every now and then, but I won't let you influence the movies I watch or the music I listen to or the things that I let consume my mind and my heart. Um, or I'll trust you with my salvation. I want fire insurance from hell. I don't want to go to hell, so save my soul. But I don't trust you with my kids or with my health uh, or that you'll be able to protect my family or my kids. I'll take care of myself, right? I got this. Um, or I'll follow the church on Facebook or I'll subscribe to a podcast or listen to some religious things. Um, but I'm not going to trust you with my tithe or my money, or I'm not really going to step out of my comfort zone and serve, right? And we see that in the way we live sometimes. I believe God can answer other people's prayers, but I don't know if he'll answer mine. So I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes we live that way. You know, I, I believe God's big. I, I believe he can do what he said he, he will do, 
but then we sometimes have a little question mark when it comes to our lives. Can you really help me in this time of the pandemic protect my health and my finances? Now, we're worried about this or that, right? God, I'll give you what I'm worried about. I'll give you this, this virus, my children, my finances, my job. But then the next day, we take control right back. We start worrying and stressing about it, and we don't trust him completely. It reminds me of a funny story. Uh, back in the 19th century, the greatest tightrope walker that ever lived, his name was Charles Blongden, and you may have heard of him. Uh, on June 30th, 1859, he became the first man in history to walk on a tightrope right up here in New York across Niagara Falls. So from the Falls side on New York all the way to the Canadian side, over 25,000 people gathered to watch him walk 1,100 feet, suspended on a tightrope 160 feet above the raging water. 25,000 people. Now, you got to understand, that's we didn't have TikTok yet. We didn't have Instagram yet. We didn't have YouTube or Netflix. People were starved for entertainment. So 25,000 people turned out to watch this guy risk his life and walk across this tightrope with no nets, no safety harness. Any slip would prove to be fatal um, until he reached the Canadian side, right? But once he got across that very first time in 1859, the crowd went wild. They burst into to cheers and roars. I mean, this was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. Well, in the days that followed that record-setting walk, he'd walk 300 more times across the falls. 300. That's amazing. This guy just couldn't get enough. Unstoppable. Once he walked across on stilts, another time he took a chair and a stove with him, went middle of the falls, halfway across the rope, stopped, cooked a meal on the stove, and then lowered it to the mate of the mist ship below and then continued his walk. This guy was crazy, a showman of all showmen. Once he pushed a wheelbarrow across with 350 pounds of cement, another time he walked across with his manager on his back. I mean, this guy was just always looking for something sensational. He was an amazing guy. So one time he was sitting on the sidelines, he was about to walk across, and the cheering crowds were cheering him on, and he said, hey, do you think I could carry one of you in a wheelbarrow across this tightrope? And the crowd just cheered. Absolutely. They were approving, high-fiving, yelling. We believe it. Well, he saw one of the guys in the crowd that was cheering the loudest. And he said, sir, do you think I could carry you across in this wheelbarrow across the falls? He said, well, of course. And then Blogden said, well, then get in. Well, the man politely refused because he didn't really want to put his money where his mouth was. That makes sense, though, because that's about like us. We believe a man can walk across by himself. It's another thing to believe he can safely carry you across, but it's something else entirely to get in the wheelbarrow yourself. That takes faith and trust. That's what we do with God. I trust you, God. I believe in you. I know you can work out this situation. I believe you can. I think you can. I know you can. I think you can. I think you can, right? Like the little train that could. I believe you can do it, but I don't know if you can do it, right? I believe you can. I want to believe you can. I want to get in the wheelbarrow. I don't know if I'm going to put my trust in you completely and actually get in the wheelbarrow. I feel like that describes me. And there's another story in Mark chapter 9 that really describes this, I think, perfectly. Um, Jesus was asked to heal a man's son. And the disciples, they were in a large crowd. They were approaching him. And as usual, the religious leaders, they're, they're causing trouble. So Jesus sees the arguments broken out, and he asks them what they're arguing about. So this is where it picks up in verse 17. It says, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought you my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently onto the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, 
How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell under the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help me if you can. Here's what I love about that verse. Here's where it really gets good. Verse 23, here's what Jesus says about that statement. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus answered. He said, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's powerful, right? I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I don't know how many times I have found myself saying that very thing. I pray, I trust. I mean, I'm a pastor for crying out loud. I'm supposed to be holier than everybody else, right? I'm supposed to not even let my feet touch the ground when I walk. But the reality is I have doubts too. I have questions too. And I have to have God help me with my unbelief. I so identify with this God. Help me overcome this unbelief. I sort of believe you, but not all the way. So in my mind, that brings me to the moment of truth. I really want to believe, but God, I need to be honest. I don't fully trust you with, and then I say fill in the blank, whatever it is. I don't trust you with what? Whatever it is right now that you don't fully trust God with. And if you're like me, God puts something in your mind immediately. When you're honest enough to say, God, I don't trust you fully with this, you can't hide it from God. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It's not a secret. He already knows the area you don't fully trust him. So saying it out loud isn't a big reveal to God. It's just helping him and you connect on a deeper level. So I'd encourage you, you're listening right now. What is it that you don't fully trust God with? Because there's a lot to be afraid of right now. God, I don't fully trust you with this virus outbreak. I don't fully trust you with my children. I don't fully trust you with my salvation. I don't fully trust you with my finances or to help protect my job or to help me get another job since I lost the last one. I don't know if you'll have what's best for me or my loved ones. I don't know if you can heal me if I get sick. But this is where the rubber meets the road. I honestly have to say, God, I don't fully trust you with, and then fill in the blank. As followers of Christ, we don't want to be half-hearted Christians, right? We want to believe in God, yet live a partially surrendered life is not going to get you the outcome you want. Where's the hope in that? And in times like this, when the world socks you in the gut, you really need some hope. I mean, we look around and the world is literally broken. Like everything has come to a grinding halt. If any time in our lifetimes, we were gonna look around and say, the sky is literally falling, it would be now. Everything is in chaos. We need some hope. So how do you find hope? Well, it's in fully surrendering. Well, how do you live a fully surrendered life? That, that's the million dollar question. You have to develop wholehearted trust in God. Easy to say, really hard to do. We looked earlier at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the partially surrendered version, but let me show you what Solomon really was intending for us when he wrote this. And you gotta remember Solomon, he was the wisest man that ever lived, right? He was the son of David the king. He asked God for wisdom. God gave him supernatural wisdom. So he literally was recorded as being the wisest man who ever lived. And this is what he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Amen. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. That was out of the NLT version. The NIV says, in all your ways, submit to him. The New American Standard Version says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. The Hebrew word for acknowledge is yada. Now, that's not Yoda, it's yada, <laughs> right? Yada, it's an action word that means coming to know, to submit by observing, reflecting, or experiencing. 
This word literally means coming to know. We want God to prove himself so we can trust him. But God wants us to trust him so he can prove himself. That's good right there. You, you joke that I'm on Twitter. Somebody should tweet that because that's good right there. You can't miss the order. We want God to prove himself so we can trust him, but he wants us to trust him so he can prove himself. The order really matters. Faith has to come first. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? That's where it all starts. The reality is the reason we don't really trust God, here it is. You ready, Santiago? Do it. It's because we don't really know God. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. Drop the mic moment. <laughs> It's not a trust issue. It, we, we, we don't know him as well as we should. I remember years ago hearing John Orberg say it this way. He said, when people doubt, they may tell themselves, I may have to try harder to have faith. But faith isn't the kind of thing that you just try harder to get, right? Just kind of, you wish it. Remember that old Snickers uh, commercial where the guy's like, he has no hair and he's like trying to will this hair on his forehead to grow. He's pushing really hard and this one little hair just pops out. Bink! I picture that when I think of trying so hard to have faith. I just, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm pushing with everything in me. I hope I can do this, but it's not something that you can do by trying harder. Imagine if someone says to you, I find myself doubting Old Faithful. Now, you, you know Old Faithful, right? It's the geyser located in Yellowstone National Park. This thing got its name because it's, well, what? Pretty faithful. It erupts like clockwork. You can set your clock by it. It's very faithful. So if somebody comes up and says, Santiago, I'm doubting that I can trust Old Faithful to be faithful. Well, I'm not sure it could be trusted. Your response wouldn't be, well, just try harder to believe, because if you just try harder, you'll believe it's faithful. The advice I'd give a person like that would be, just hang around Old Faithful. Get to know Old Faithful better, because Old Faithful is faithful. The better you get to know it, the more you're gonna trust it. Time will tell. When you stand there and watch it erupt on the hour like clockwork, you're gonna realize it can be trusted. The same is true with God. You never have to try to have more faith. Just get to know God better. And because God is faithful, the better you know him, the more you'll trust him. It's that simple. Again, easy to say, really hard to do, but that's really what it boils down to. It isn't hard to trust God in the situation when you know who he is. But when the situation's hopeless, that's when you really find yourself struggling and grappling with these things. But you have to trust God one step at a time. He said, you're a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, right? He didn't say headlights. He didn't say a spotlight. I'm on Long Island where you have a lot of uh, lighthouses. It's not a lighthouse lamp blazing the light into the night. He said, it's a lamp unto my feet. That denotes just enough light to see the very next step, one step at a time. I wish I knew how it was going to end, but we don't. God wants our trust. And if we knew how things were going to turn out, we might not have to trust, right? We know the right step. We can just boldly step into it but he wants reliance and dependence on him. He knew if we knew everything, it would be too overwhelming and we probably couldn't take it. I know I couldn't. So if I knew this pandemic was coming, I probably would skip 2020, right? I just said, you know what? Just freeze me in cryogenic sleep and wake me up when it's done, right? But we had to take the steps and trust him day by day. One day, all of this will make sense. But until then, we have to do what Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says. That's the answer. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. He'll show you which path to take. Acknowledge him. Submit to him. He'll make your path straight. I love the fact that the African impala can jump over a 10-foot high fence. Did you know that? No it's not idea. just a cool car that Chevy made. 
the impala is a legit animal that can jump straight up in the air over a 10-foot high fence. That's a crazy jump. They can jump a distance of over 30 feet. 10 feet high, 30 feet across. That's amazing. But here's what's even crazier. You go to the, the Central Park Zoo here in New York, and you can see these impalas. They're kept in with only a three-foot high wall. They can jump 10 feet up in the air and 30 feet across, but they don't leave their little pen that only has a three-foot high wall. Why do you think that is? It's wow. crazy, right? Yeah. They won't jump if they can't see what's on the other side. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's inc incredible. They have the ability, but if they can't see what's on the other side, they won't take the leap of faith. That's exactly the problem that we have most of the time. God's given us a, a spirit of power, not of timidity or fear. We have the ability to make the leap, but we can't see what's on the other side. So sometimes we're afraid to take that next step. And that's where God wants us to trust him. Sometimes we have to take the leap of faith. Amen. We finally have to step out of our comfort zone. Know the goodness of God. Know the love of God. Know the faithfulness of God. Take the leap of faith. Trust him with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. I love that. And for me, that's really been what it's all about. That's kept me energized and sane during this pandemic, this lockdown, is knowing that I can't rely on my own understanding. In my own understanding, this is this thing's a mess. Like, there's no way out of it. They're, when are they going to get a vaccine? Is it going to reemerge in the fall? Are people going to get their jobs back? Is the economy ever going to rebound? Is it going to even be, happen in my lifetime, right? All these questions swirling around. You watch the news, and it can be overwhelming. So I can't depend on my own understanding. I have to depend on God's. I have to acknowledge him, ask him what his will is, take delight in him, trust him, know him. That's where my confidence, that's where my joy can be found. So that's the word I wanted to share with you today. I hope it encourages somebody like it has encouraged me throughout these crazy months. It has encouraged me a lot. And uh, like you were saying, you know, trusting God that will get you to the other side of the bridge. Let's pray right now uh, for all the people out there that are looking for hope, for, for trust, um, for confidence. Um, there is Jesus that can uh, give you that, give you that hope, that give you that peace. And Lord, we pray, Lord, for people out there that are dealing with any type of financial need lord we pray that they'll that first you'll give them peace lord that that you will provide lord and we pray that 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 people out there that are thinking about like uh, um their job lost lord we pray that they'll get a job soon lord and we pray for this uh this whole pandemic in jesus name that anyone that's dealing with the virus we we, we pray for healing lord and we also pray for healing that anyone um also dealing with mental illness, with anxiety, depression, Lord, we pray to give him peace in Jesus' name. Peace. Lord, you are the light. You have demonstrated throughout time that you have come in and, and, um, come in, and, and um, certain times and used people, Lord. Jesus, you are good. You're, you're a good, good father. Um, James, if you could pray for people out there uh, that are dealing with any type of money issues or or any type of insecurities with jobs and everything, please pray for them. Absolutely. Father, as, as Jesus said when he was here on earth, that our Heavenly Father knows our needs even before we ask. And as we've even shared today, prayer, communication with you, 
having the freedom to cry out isn't to inform you of our problems and our situation. You're well aware of it. We know during this time it can look like uh, you're absent, uh, but I pray that people listening are reminded that that's not the case at all. You're involved, you care about our comings and goings, and you use every situation for our good and for your perfect plan. And so through this, Father, I pray that we have the confidence to come before you. You said in, in all things, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Tell our Heavenly Father what we need, and he will help in our time of need. So I pray that people follow through with that very simple formula that you laid out for us, because we can be anxious about the loss of income, about the loss of jobs, about the loss of normalcy, human touch. In some cases, it's, it, it is sanity, pure and simple. We're worried about human contact, and it's changed everything about the way we relate to our world around us. I, I pray for peace, supernatural peace, that can only come from you, not from the circumstance or situation. But the people know that you care, you have the loving embrace waiting for them if they're ready to take it. They can find comfort in you. And you own everything. You have the power to provide. I've heard so many stories of, of miracles happening, food showing up, money appearing when, when it didn't seem like it could. You are faithful if we trust you. And that's what it all comes down to. Acknowledge you and trust you first. Seek your kingdom and your will first, and everything else will be added. So I pray for us to keep our priorities straight and not let the worries of this world keep us from focusing on the goodness of our God. Give us the confidence to know that you're still good. You're still working a plan. These are light and momentary troubles, despite how it feels. This too will pass because you're the God that makes all things new. We love you and we celebrate you. Thank you that we can trust you and that the people listening and hearing my voice can trust in you as well, simply by turning their life over to you and putting their trust in you and letting you be Lord of their life. So much better. Thank you for loving us and giving us your best, even for our worst. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow, hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, James. Yeah, and if you guys have any prayer requests, praise reports, uh, please message us on Twitter, email us on the website, or, uh, or also just leave a comment uh, below this episode if it's on YouTube or Facebook. And to encourage you guys to, you know, hey, there's hope. There's hope, you know. Yes, yeah. there are there are decades where nothing happens. And there's weeks that feel like decades. But God yeah. can overcome it in Jesus' name. James, so tell us what is the best way to reach you um, online? Or maybe what is your direct line? <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, thanks for that, man. Again, um, only really my mom knows. But my first name is Anthony. So I go by my middle name. So all my social media handles have the initial A. So it's Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. It's all at A James Chavez. So you can follow me, find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. Uh, and you can visit our ministry. It's NicoleChavez.com. Uh, that's N-I-C-H-O-L-E. Uh, she's French, so they have to add the H into Nicole. So it's a little different. N-I-C-H-O-L-E.com. Um, you can check out her books. Again, one of the really cool, her last book is called The Silenced Army. And in that book, it really talks about the things that silence us. And one of them is fear. Uh, and in a lot of ways, fear is crippling and crushing people right now. And she has some really practical, great tools to help people find confidence and overcome that through God. Uh, it's a great book. So again, you can find it at the website or on Amazon or thesilencedarmy.com. Um, 
but that's another way to stay connected and find us. We would love, love, love to, to connect with all you guys. What is your wife's website? Yep, it's NicoleChavez.com. NicoleChavez.com, and you can see that on, uh, if you go to James Chavez on his Twitter, A. James Chavez, you'll see all the links there as well. And, of course, um, uh, that it's a huge blessing. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, how many Zoom calls have you been in the past few weeks? <laughs> oh, boy. I, there have been days where it's been 10 to 12 hours nonstop of Zoom. It is unreal. I, I get a little zoomed out. I, the running joke, and it's a little gross, but in our house, I kind of tease. I say, guys, I got to get up and walk around. I'm going to get bed sores if I sit in this chair any longer. I feel like an invalid. I'm just you know, reduced to nothing more than staring at a screen and sitting in a chair. But every now and then, I got to stretch my arms. My, my wife got me this Apple Watch for Christmas, so it keeps me in check, and I, I realize it tells me, you haven't breathed. Oh, you haven't stood. Oh, you need to get some activity. So that keeps me sane in the midst of all the Zoom calls. But the great thing is, even Nicole in this time, since she can't travel and speak as much as she has been, uh, she started a Facebook group called She Connects. And we thought it would just be a couple people wanting through Zoom or Facebook to connect. She's got almost 400 ladies who've jumped in on this thing, and they're having weekly times where they memorize scripture, they're going through Bible studies. Uh, one of her other books is called The Journey to Purpose, and they're doing Zoom studies through this. It's a six-week study. And so a bunch of ladies from across the country, they're on Zoom, and uh, she invited me to be a special guest on that a couple weeks ago, and I got to hang out and, and speak into that. So it's been a lot of fun. So there's a lot of opportunities for Zoom, but I'm not going to lie. I'm going to enjoy being able to see people face-to-face, three-dimensional, give them a high five and a hug as soon as we can. I totally agree. I'm more of an in-person guy. And with Zoom, uh, you know what I've been doing lately? Uh, uh, I've been doing, like, no video, just doing audio. And I just, okay. you know, walk around during the meetings. I mean... Obviously, if there's a meeting that really needs to see my face, I'll do it. But uh, typically, if it's not necessary, I just use it as like listening to a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I need need to try and take that advice. I'll I'll just tell the guys on the other end, hey, they always tell me I have a face for radio. So don't mind if I mute my camera and I'm going to just walk around. (laughs) I'm telling you, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm more of an audio versus video guy. But that's a whole different podcast uh, to talk about. You can reach us at InstaBibleApp.com, InstaBibleApp.com, or InstaBibleApp1 on Twitter. Or you can download the InstaBibleApp via the iOS App Store. Uh, A a major update is going to happen in a few weeks, so that I can tell you in this episode. Uh, We'll uh, we'll potentially have Nick Pena on in the next week or so, or in a couple days, if not Eric Olson. He's our our constant... uh, you know, guests here on the Insta Bible cast, but anything else, uh, please leave a message and, uh, you know, and just follow us. And we we'll definitely want to keep you guys encouraged. Well, James Chavez, any closing words before we uh, head off on a beautiful Friday? Get to know God. That's it. That's the hope of the world. My friend, Is- love what you're doing, man. Love the Insta Bible app. Love your podcast. So keep encouraging people, man. And it's been a blessing to be able to spend some time with you. Well, James Chavez, I appreciate you coming on. God bless. Same to you.